when the war started. They protected me. Took better care of me than humans would have. They're not people, Maya. It's just programming. Ten years ago today, the artificial intelligence created to protect us detonated a nuclear warhead in Los Angeles. This is a fight for our very existence. Sergeant Taylor, we are this close to winning the war. But the AI are developing a super weapon. Retrieve it. Or they win. Yeah, it's just a kid. Are you going to heaven? No. You gotta be a good person to go to heaven. Son, we're the same. We can't go to heaven because you're not good. And I'm not a person. Do you have any idea what the thing is? She looks like a little girl now, but she's growing. Whoever has that kid wins the war. You want, huh? What do you want, sweetie? For robots to be free. Oh, we don't have that in the fridge. How about ice cream? <laughs> Welcome to the Strange Harbors podcast, a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by... Amir Ture. And Derek Wong. So tonight we are talking about British director Gareth Edwards' new sci-fi epic, The Creator, which stars John David Washington, Gemma Chan, Alison Janney, Ken Watanabe, and newcomer Madeline Yuna Voiles. Taking place in a world where the West has taken up arms against robots and AI, the movie has a distinction of being a wholly original, non-franchise, non-sequel, non-IP movie, which is kind of sad that it's this rare that we get something like this. When did you guys see this? I actually just saw it earlier today. Oh, wow. Today. Okay. Fresh. Yeah, it's kind of a longer movie, and I had uh, stuff to do earlier in the week, so yeah, I just saw this. Uh, yeah, I saw it over the weekend. I'm getting myself confused. I don't know if my crowd was big for this. No, I don't think my crowd was very big for this. <laughs> oh, I was the only one in the movie theater, which maybe that's the time of day, but also maybe it's just that nobody's going to go see this movie. Yeah, this movie's not doing that well. Which I think is unfortunate. Even leaving like our judgments of the quality aside, well, we haven't talked about that yet, but just based solely on what you said, Jeff, about it being an original non-franchise movie, you want to see those things do well. Yeah, absolutely. I saw this around... Okay, well, first of all, if I'm talking about my theater experience, it's definitely going to spoil what I think about the movie. <laughs> but I will just say that I saw this around a month ago at a press screening. And 
I passed the fuck out. Wait, during the movie? <laughs> oh during the movie. I passed oh, out wow. for like 45 minutes, which has never, ever happened to me. Like, ever. Oh, wow. Okay, well, what are the circumstances? Were you tired? Was it late? Not like, even. Were you <laughs> it wasn't really even like, late. Didn't have a big work day or anything. I just fell asleep. Or, oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So okay. I had to see well, it again. Okay, I was going to say, did you see it again? Yes, of course. Wow, that's wild. I'm quite surprised to hear this, Jeff, because... I'm quite surprised it happened to me. <laughs> no, well, not even that. It's just like from last week, we, you know, we talked about like, what should we do this week? And like, Let's do the crater. Maybe it's because you haven't seen it yet and you're excited to see it. To then know that a month ago you saw this and fell asleep, I was like, okay, that's a little surprising now. <laughs> I don't want to spoil what I thought about the movie. Yes, like, that's true. That's, a week before we were actually going to do the episode. <laughs> And then you still agreed to want to do this episode? That's very interesting. Okay. You must have a lot to say then, Jeff. <laughs> I mean, I have things to say, but it's also like we said, an original non-IP, non-sequel movie, right? I will support a movie like this no matter what. I don't have to enjoy it, yeah, but true. I will support don't filmmaking even like this. Wait for it. <laughs> Just buy the ticket and sleep in the theater. Maybe this is a question for later once we start getting into spoilers, but... The question is, I want to know where you fell asleep. Like, what did you miss the first time? So I missed right after John David Washington's character rescues Alfie. <laughs> okay. Wow. Is that what's supposed to be where the movie picks up? Kind of. Wow. I don't want to get into too much spoilers yeah, yeah, right not, off the yeah, bat. Okay. But I do have some interesting things to talk about with Gareth Edwards. Are you guys familiar with him at all? You know, he's directed that indie sci-fi horror movie monsters yeah that was in 2010 i didn't see that that's supposed to have been pretty good though right did you like yeah that? it's decent it's not bad he directed the godzilla reboot the bad the one american yeah the 2014 one the 2014 one. not horrible actually it's not that oh, bad that's the brian cranston one right yeah that's the brian okay. cranston one so i always hear that shin godzilla is the good one it is the good one this one's like the other one i mean it's still better than like king of the monsters uh, yeah, fair. yeah, fair. That's fair. Yeah. And so then after that, it's just Rogue One, uh-huh. which I think is probably the best of the new Disney Star Wars movies. Uh. Probably my favorite, but not a perfect movie by any means. And after that, there's just the creator. So it's really just four movies. He has his name behind as a director. Yeah. I get him confused with a million other directors. Like Obviously, who? I confuse him with Gareth Evans because they have like similar yes. names. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. The Raid. Yeah. Raid 2. Ray 2. Also, I get him confused with Rupert Wyatt and Matt Reeves, too. Why? Does he look like them or something? I always thought that Gareth Edwards had something to do with the new Planet of the Apes franchise, but both of those are Matt Reeves and Rupert Wyatt. It has nothing to do with him. I don't know why. (laughs) They just have similar... It's not aesthetics or, like, styles. It's just the IP. You know, like, Godzilla, Planet of the Apes... I don't know, Star Wars. I don't know. I always thought that he had something to do with those, but he doesn't. I'm only really familiar with the last two movies you mentioned, Rogue One and Godzilla. I've not seen Monsters. I have been very vocal about how much I don't like Rogue One. And Godzilla, I could take it or leave it. I think there's moments in that movie that are stunning and quite beautiful. But ultimately, I didn't really like that movie either. I think with the creator included... I think Gareth Edwards has the juice as a director, absolutely. He needs a script. I feel like all the scripts are problems. 
And I think we'll get to that with the I creator. saw someone say something similar on Twitter. It's like, Gareth Edwards is a super talented director, and once he gets a script that's not dog shit, <laughs> he's going to be amazing <laughs> or something. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> all right, so we're all kind of like lukewarm to positive on Gareth Edwards on his oeuvre. Maybe a little more positive than that on his underlying potential and on his talent. What about the actors in this? Is there anybody who sticks out for you? I want to like John David Washington. <laughs> oh, shit. I haven't liked him in anything he's done. I don't really? like him in Tenet. I don't uh. like him in Malcolm and Marie. I sure as hell don't like Amsterdam. He was all right in Black Klansman, but I think Adam Driver blew him out of the water on that. I don't know if he can carry a movie. No, I'm just going to say he can be like a little bit overly restrained in something. He's definitely not like... He's definitely not like his dad. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, his dad is like just like a font of charisma, right? Uh-huh. Like, it's just incredible talent, which like, okay, he's not that. Um, at least maybe not yet. But yeah. I don't think he's like I don't dislike him in the things I've no, seen. No, I don't not, dislike like, him either. He's just a little bland. You're to not me, like I blown think. away, right? Like you're a little yeah, disappointed. Yeah, yeah. You're like, ooh, I'm really hoping he's gonna like crush this. It never actually like gets out of the park, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like a double or something. You're like, fuck. Yeah. Okay. What about? Like, I mean, I guess he's kind of got to carry this, right? Because it's him and the kid. And then there's, I mean, Ken Watanabe's in this for like two seconds. Allison Jenny's in it for like a little bit longer than that. Yeah. But they don't have a ton to do. I don't know that there's a ton to talk about with them. No one really has a ton to do in Obviously this, they're like I feel. super talented, right? Like, these are, I think, actors. Mm-hmm. We all probably like both those actors, but just not a ton to do. Ken Watanabe's basically an exposition machine in this, literally. And, I don't know, Gemma Chan's kind of a nothing in this. Okay, I was going to say, oh, I like Gemma Chan. She's a nothing. But what is she not a nothing in? Okay, ironically, she's pretty good in that amc show humans where she also plays a robot Mm, okay what else is she gonna in eternals she was definitely not good in eternals (laughs) but i think that was more of a lack of chemistry with what's his face richard madden than anything else they don't have any chemistry i don't think it has anything to do with her acting talent i thought she was pretty good in crazy rich asians she was yeah okay yeah 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 fine i think she needs a little more to do in a lot of these movies like, her Captain Marvel roles and nothing. I don't even remember her being in that movie. She was, like, one of the Kree villains or whatever. I yeah. Know. She was such a nothing that they recast her as, like, a main character in Eternals. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Allison Janney, I like her a lot. She's kind of phoning it in on this one as the tough military antagonist. Nothing really to write home about. I will say that out of the whole cast, not to like go down the list of talking about all the actors in this, because I feel like, you know, we've been already kind of doing that. The only actor I think I really liked in this movie was the young actress that plays Alfie, Madeline Yuna Boyes. As a child actor, and even as holding her own as like a second lead in this movie, I thought she was pretty good. I really liked her. I think she has more charisma and does better work than John David Washington in this movie. Mm. I mean, if we want to talk about John David Washington a little bit, I think he's very lacking in this movie. I think I agree with you, Jeff. I don't think he can hold it as a lead uh, for this movie. And it's kind of hard to maybe even see him being a lead in other movies now after this. This one definitely hurt my perception of him as an actor. Mm-hmm. I don't think I was as down on him as you before this. Like, you know, I liked him in Tenet. I liked him in Black Klansman. I didn't have a negative perception of him. But like after this, I was like, man, it is really hard not to compare him to his dad, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's really sad to see him not have the, the juice, juice, right? Some yeah, juice. have it. Yeah. But yeah, and I agree. I think everyone else is just phoning it in and just kind of meh. Not really working for me. All right, should we 
talk about what we thought about this movie then? Like, what our general thoughts are? Well, Jeff, you already gave your... No, i <laughs> <laughs> Oh, trust me, I have way more to say about this movie than just that I fell asleep once. <laughs> All right, okay, so it sounds like you have a clue of maybe where me and Jeff are. I'm actually kind of interested to hear what... Amir, what did you think of this movie? Uh, it was mid. It was <laughs> mid. <laughs> it's not bad. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's terrible. I didn't fall asleep. It's not good either. I think it's adjacent to a good movie. Like, if they change just... Maybe not just a few things, but if they change a bunch of things about this movie, <laughs> it's a good movie. <laughs> I think it's not saying a lot. Oh, it's absolutely not saying a lot. <laughs> but it's touching on so many things where there's so many things that you could say. Yeah. And, and it's no, just no, no. not going there with any of it, which I think is unfortunate because they chose to do something that's almost kind of like really brave and rich here, and then they don't go for it. So I'd say it's mid. It's disappointing. As you guys already said, the John David Washington doesn't blow us out of the water. As you were alluding to before, Jeff, I think the script for this one is also like super weak. Doesn't do Gareth Edwards any favors. And I think there's some stunning visuals. Like there Dude, are this some movie things that are is really gorgeous. Really, really cool to look at. This is the best looking sci-fi movie probably in years. It looks so good. And it's kind of wasted on this nothing script that they have, you know? Yeah, I think that says it. I think that sums it up. And the budget's $80 million. That's it's like insane. nothing. Yeah, it's And insane. it looks better than every single Marvel movie that's come out. Yeah, they did a lot of work with very little. Yeah, they did so much with that $80 million budget. It looks so good. I will say that. I will give the movie that credit. Absolutely. Speaking of how it looks, and we talked a little bit about Gareth Edwards, are you impressed by like his technical skill here? Is there anything he's doing formally that's particularly interesting or anything? Because I wasn't like, oh, wow, he's doing a lot. I was like, oh, this is a good-looking movie. But that's kind of all I was going to give it. Like, specifically directorially. Nothing, like, composition-wise really stood out to me. But it's pretty, and it's... It is. It is. Composed well. So I don't have anything to complain about. And with the visuals, I think, you know, that makes up for a lot of... It comes together, yeah. The journeyman blandness that some of his compositions have, which is fine. Nothing that, you know... If it had a better script that couldn't make up for. Man, this story is so stinky. All right, Derek, what do you think? I mean, I'm going to agree with uh, both of you. I think visually, this looks amazing. I went into this movie not knowing how much it costs to make it, thinking like, oh man, this is going to be a huge loss. I mean, it's still going to be a loss, I think, ultimately, but I thought this was going to be a huge loss. Like, oh my God, they spent $300 million on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it looks amazing. The special effects, uh, some of the production value and like the action scenes. The trailers made it look so cool. You're like, I hope this is good. Yeah. To find out that it was $80 million, I was like, whoa, how did he do that? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that's a very amazing feat in my mind. Yeah, they squeezed every penny out of that $80 million for sure. And I think that's part of when you talk about like he's got the juice, right? Like he makes this movie look really good visually on a budget of 80 million dollars when like you know i'm gonna pick on this movie but indiana jones looks like dog shit and it costs over 300 something million dollars right Mm -hmm. but i think that's where my praise for this movie kind of ends (laughs) um you know i think the story is quite lacking quite formulaic quite derivative i've already talked about the acting in this movie i just think you know again performances are not great and 
people are kind of phoning it in and I think the way characters develop and, you know, he took the time to create the visuals. I kind of wish it was then complemented by his ability to world build Mm -hmm. because most of the time that kind of goes hand in hand. But this left me very much frustrated that he doesn't take maybe one or two extra steps. A good example is there are like different kinds of robots, but what does that mean? Yeah. It means nothing. They're all the same, but they look different. You know, visually, they all look cool and they look different, but... Absolutely. So, going back to what Amir said, where, you know, this movie touches on a bunch of cool things. And I think, Derek, what you're saying about the different looking robots, that's definitely part of it. Yeah. They touch upon so many cool little sci-fi concepts. I was like, oh, maybe they're going to dive a little deeper into this, you know, like backing up memories and reactivating people's memories in a new robot body. Nope. Everything cool in this is just to flesh out the plot and move the plot along. Yeah. And they don't use it to, like, deepen anything. It's so surface level. And, you know, I'm okay with the movie not having a single original bone in its body. Everything in this is fucking derivative, which is fine if you do something with it and, like, say something with it instead of just chugging the plot along with this thing that we've all seen before. There's so many other things that does the things in this movie better. If you're thinking about its influences, obviously, I don't know if you guys remember the Animatrix, the second renaissance, right? Yeah, very much so. There's so much like this where, you know, I mean, to just give a little synopsis of this movie, the world creates artificial intelligence and then the U.S. government, they detonate a nuclear warhead over Los Angeles. I guess they blame the AI for doing so. So in response, the Western world goes on a mission to eradicate AI from the Earth. This area called New Asia. First of all, this movie's racist as fuck, by the way. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) This movie's super fucking racist. We'll get into that later. So this area called New Asia is like the haven for AI. The robots and like AI worshippers are in New Asia. And there is this, I guess, AI messiah called Nermada. They are building some sort of super weapon to destroy this construct called Nomad, which is this huge orbital strike satellite. It's U.S. It's like a U.S.-based weapon that's single-handedly winning the war for the Western world, right? And this new AI weapon called Alpha-O is supposed to be the thing that takes out Nomad satellite. And it turns out that it's a child with super AI powers or whatever, and an AI child, right? An AI child, yeah. John David Washington's character, he goes native. Again, you know, taking stuff from Avatar and, like, Dances with Wolves and stuff. He develops a conscience, and now he's trying to herald Alpha-O into destroying Nomad. But, yeah, this movie's super racist. (laughs) Which, you know, I can stomach a little racism in my movie if it's good. (laughs) I will even accept Yellowface in my movie if it's good, because I really like Cloud Atlas. But the way that they turn all Asian cultures into this monoculture here is so reductive and simplistic that all it does is add flavor. There's no substance to it. And all the Asian people in this movie are fucking exotic AI worshippers or like spiritual people. They work in rice patties and shit. Come on, man. I know it's like a Vietnam War allegory, but it feels bad. Yeah. That's why it didn't 
bug me as much. So to me, like, they show you on the map where, what is it, the New Asia State? What is it called? It's called New Asia. Right? Just New Asia? Yeah, it's just called New Asia. All right. Yeah. So it shows you where New Asia is. And I think it's an amalgam of a lot of different Southeast Asian countries. But I think it's explicitly not including like China, Korea, Japan, and it doesn't seem like it goes as far west as uh, maybe I could have missed it, but it didn't seem like it goes as far west as like Bangladesh or India. I think it unifies all of the areas in which the U.S. was bombing in the Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. And so I sort of almost liked that because we traditionally think of the Vietnam War as happening in Vietnam, but there's extensive bombing campaigns in Laos and Cambodia. The U.S. dropped more bombs in the Vietnam War than it did in all of World War II and both fronts combined by a factor of three. And it was not just limited to Vietnam. So I thought it was interesting that, okay, we're doing a Vietnam War thing and we're actually including some of the other countries that we bombed. I kind of like that bit. But I have some criticisms of that to There's come. There's still different cultures now, you know what I mean? That was the only positive, I guess I wanted to say, about this kind of lazy amalgamation that they're doing. Mm -hmm. But it almost didn't even go in enough depth to be racist because you don't even really get a sense of what these cultures are or what they're like. Or like, is this an amalgam of, I don't know, Vietnamese and Cambodian and Laotian culture? We don't really know because we don't see really what the people in these states even live like, right? They didn't put any There's thought like into no it. no depth to it at all, right? Are there even people or is it all like AI? Like, it's not even entirely clear no, how, it's how not. many humans are there versus how many AI. I guess in the beginning, we see a lot more of the humans, but like, it's just, it's very, it's super surface level. I don't think it's like deeply racist in its portrayals or anything because it doesn't portray anything in enough depth. I think it's just. No, it's not malicious. La it's like lazily racist. Yeah. Yes. Like I said, it's for flavor. So you're saying like it's a amalgamation of all these Southeast Asian countries. Then why are all the fucking movies inner titles in Japanese? There isn't even a yeah. single Japanese person except for Ken Watanabe, and then he's just nondescript because he speaks English the whole time. Yeah, he's just a robot. He speaks right? some Japanese. Does he? Yeah, I don't like remember. a little bit during like the battle, but that's pretty much it. Mm. You know what? I think you bringing up a movie like Avatar is a really good comparison to this movie, right? Guy who is kind of thrust into this world of other. A guy who's initially on the side of U.S. Empire. Yes. Yeah. And is thrust into the role of the other and eventually turns on the emperor because he realized it's evil. Yes. You know, I've heard a lot of the arguments about the othering of mm -hmm. this movie, right? I, I still don't entirely agree with some of the criticisms, but it had me questioning, like, why do we accept a movie like Avatar? But some people can't seem to accept this one. Well, Avatar is Pandora. It's not real. Yes. But let's be honest. The allegory is still there, right? Of indigenous yeah, people. But, like, there were some Native American groups that yeah. were upset at James Cameron for that. Yes. Like, yes it absolutely. is a pretty clear. I, I don't know if it's as simple. The answer is like the Navi are blue and people, AI in this movie, are literally wearing Asian faces and speaking like Asian languages. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's the problem. And it actually takes a place, like you said, in a place called New Asia. I think you're right. I think that makes it a step too close. But then I think the yeah. other thing is. In Avatar, you spend a lot of time with the Navi yes. and learning yes. about their culture and learning who they are. Mm -hmm. Like you see the process of Jake Sully's conversion to the way of Awa or whatever, right? Whereas you don't really see that in this movie. You don't see John David Washington going native. They don't actually portray his character. He just kind of does it. Yeah, because it's funny because like in the first like 10 minutes of this movie, like he's been undercover for like i don't know how many years because he's like had to fall in love with Gemma chan's character to a point where they get married and they're about to have a baby but yet when america invades he's still like fuck ai 
Like he actually hasn't learned to love AI by that point. You know, there's a difference where like the Jake Sully character is like he's, you know, he becomes one of the natives and like accepts the people and like learns the culture. And I think this kind of goes to my point earlier. There's just not enough building of the world where James Cameron takes the time to explore different types of Na'vi, right? Like in Avatar Way of Water, we learn about a whole different race of Na'vi that are born in the water and changed their anatomy and it changed the way they lived. Yeah, and it feels different. Like, yeah. it feels like a different subspecies of Navi. The specificity of Avatar and James Cavern's world that he creates with Pandora is so good that you even remember that it's called the Way of Eye or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, you remember <laughs> yeah, what it's yeah, called. Yeah. You know, here, there's like AI that's dressed up like they're humans, but they don't have a face. They just have a robot head. And then there's like some that are like, have an actual face what's the difference did they get to choose how fascinating would it be if sections of ai they're like no i don't want a human face because that makes me too human there's other ai that want to be more human right that one step further to like build this world i think would have made this movie so much more fascinating and would help to like start asking the questions of is ai good should we be going so far as to just say, like, we need to kill all AI? The movie never reckons with that and never asks us as the audience to really sympathize with the AI. Yeah, it kind of rubs me the wrong way just because of the public sentiment is going against AI and this being pretty much a pro-AI movie, which, you that, know, I get another it. another thing, yes. Yeah. I get it's it. It's ill-timed, maybe. Yeah, it's the timing, timing is bad. <laughs> yeah. But going back to the Asian othering thing... I think, you know, if they just included some normal Asian people that weren't exotic others, it would have been way better. Or robots. Probably say more than half. I think for like 95%. Almost all of them, yeah. Yeah, all of them are fucking robots. Alfie, Alpha O, her powers are activated with her little prayer motion or whatever. Some other ones are robot sex workers. They all live in shanty towns. Can we get like a normal looking city it's very very exotic othering and that kind of bugged me <laughs> well it's just because it's lazily stealing from blade runner and yes. every vietnam movie you've ever seen yes. right yes. so like, yes. that's yes. why they do the rice patties and that's why they do the super advanced looking city that's also at the same time like dirty and run down is because they're yeah. just stealing from those influences and it does look cool i'll be honest <laughs> <laughs> the rice patties look cool the terraced architecture and stuff of the, like the farming, it, it looks cool. The Blade Runner. I don't disagree with you. Looks, I don't disagree with you. The Blade yeah. Runner ripoff city also looks cool. I like the melange of like high tech, low tech. It does look cool and, and make you think about what is this world like to live in where there's people farming cows on rice paddies, but then also there's like this super advanced AI technology right next to it. It's kind of interesting visually. Yeah. I won't say they thought about it, but it does look cool. We talked a lot about the themes of this movie. Like, is there anything like set pieces or anything just like moments in the movie that you guys like or I guess didn't like? I actually took like a ton of notes on this. Like I have so much to like say with the minute to minute plot of this movie because like there's so many little things that seem like they don't work. I don't know. Like when you're noticing little plot hiccups and stuff, it means like something overall is not working. Just like even starting from the very beginning, you know, John David Washington's lying in bed with his pregnant wife and, you know, you find out that he's an American agent and she's, spoiler alert, she ends up being the... AI Messiah Nemrata, who created this AI super weapon. Well, I mean, she's the daughter, and then after the yes. father dies, she, like, inherits the mantle of... Yes. But presumably the father's already dead, right? Because Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because yeah, so, we see the flashback where she creates, yeah, Alfie, right? So at the beginning, I was like, oh, this movie's gonna rule. It's a movie about America being evil. Because it looks 
initially like, okay, America's attacking them. And he's like going to defend or something. But then he is like, oh, actually, I'm an agent of America. So I was like, oh, okay, like that sucks. But all right, fine. Let's <laughs> keep going with this. And then like the very next thing that happens is, is I'm like, okay, well, like what about exploring how fucked up it is that you're a double agent and you've been pretending for the last however many years and lying to your wife, just exploring like the betrayal and trauma of that. And like, that's not touched on at all because she's not really a character. Yeah, perfect opportunity to mine some like, I don't know, some juicy acting and like some depth to that relationship. Some humanity out of this thing. The cops and like law enforcement agencies do this in real life. They send people undercover. They'll like have whole ass relationships with people when all the time it was like a sting. It's super mm-hmm. fucked up. But yeah, this is like something they actually do. Um, and I was hoping that they would explore that a little bit. They don't even touch on it at all. <laughs> yeah. Gemma Shad's like, uh, that's kind of fucked up. And then she gets supposedly vaporized. And then she's hit by a <laughs> missile. Yeah. And then she's hit by a missile and dies. So you're like, uh, all right. <laughs> I will say one thing I did like is I did really like uh, the raid on the facility. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, I thought that the American troops were just like giant assholes. And I thought that was perfect. They're trying to raid this facility in New Asia that holds the Alpha Zero, the new AI superweapon. And mm-hmm. in the process, they're just ventilating random civilian scientists and just killing people indiscriminately. I thought that was really good at, like, showing you, like, oh, yeah, these are the bad guys. We're not supposed to yeah, like yeah, these yeah, people, yeah. right? Like, like, it's super fucked up. So, it's like, I thought they did It's subtle and demonizing the Americans, which... Yeah, they did a good job there. Give them credit for that. I think you have to, like, make it really clear, because they muddle it up a little bit with him still being on their side, right? So they have to Uh kind of, like, draw these lines starkly, and I thought they did. I guess maybe this is part of the point, but they don't make a distinction between AI and humans. It would have been more interesting if, a little less thumb on the scale, if, like, during that operation, you see the Americans kill every AI and leave all the humans alive. Mm -hmm. How much cooler is that if they had done that, but I guess it's like, oh, well, they lump them all together. They're all they're all AIs and AI lovers, so whatever. They all go in the same pile. But it just would have been cool if you'd seen them make that distinction, right? Mm-hmm. A, a little bit of soft power there. Like, like, that would have been cool. They don't do that either. And the whole thing that gets him back into this is that they say that his wife is still alive, right? This is five years after she's supposedly been vaporized by a missile. And they say, oh, your wife is actually still alive in this facility. And so you're going to get a chance to, like, go rescue her or whatever on this mission. Which, like, none of that makes any sense, Right. Mm-hmm. Why isn't he just a consultant? And it's like the, the whole reason they're recruiting was, oh, you know the base because you were undercover there. All right, so like have him draw a fucking map. Why does he have to fucking be there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess the carrot they hang in front of him to get him to participate. But like it doesn't really like work. Like during the raid, you don't see him go off and like try to find his wife actively. He's just kind of like doing the mission, right? Yeah, no, I you agree. You see him running around the base being like, hey, why are you guys ventilating all these random scientists? One of those could have been my wife. He just kind of goes through the motions of doing the mission. Without any urgency of, oh, I'm here to find my wife. It, it's just, it's very bizarre. I mean, I noticed that too, just that he didn't actually need to be there. His specialty was espionage and seducing Gemma Chan's character. It's not that he was like a field operative and like, oh, they need him to be in this facility, right? Like, he just knows the facility. Like you said, he could have just drawn a map. And then his motivation during the raid doesn't make sense. He should be running around frantically trying to find his wife while the Americans are ventilating everybody. And blowing shit up indiscriminately. But he's not. He's just kind of, like, going along with them on the mission. And the mission falls apart in a really, like, stereotypically, like, not well-done way. And it's just, like, the whole thing kind of doesn't make a ton of sense. And then the motivations of the Alpha Zero character don't make a ton of sense either. Like, I feel like she's kind of floating motivation-wise. She just kind of goes along with him. And I guess maybe it's a child, but... 
it doesn't entirely work for me. I can't argue with that. <laughs> Sorry, I just have so much on this. Like, they do reveal later on in the movie that his wife turns out to have actually been this AI messiah. What does that mean for, like, their relationship? Did she know that he was a double agent? Was she completely taken by surprise? No, they were both very terrible at knowing each other's Yeah, secrets. like, what That's the That's the fuck? one thing I realized. All the time, she was the person you were looking for and you didn't even know? The whole thing is just, it's a little... I mean, she was able to sneak away and create this child. When is she doing this while yeah, he's, just... like, you're in a relationship with this spy? Uh, yeah, it was... And this is the exact thing he's supposed to be looking out for, right? Yes, exactly. This is literally why he's there. It's, like, in his house. Yeah. I don't know, like, there's a lot of running around with the kid. Someone who has the kid doesn't slap a tracking device on this thing. Yeah. Imprison her. She's kind of walking around. It's like they treat her halfway like a kid and halfway like a super weapon. When it's like, no, these forces would absolutely do whatever they had to to keep her from being able to run away or escape. They would make more than just, like, a token effort. It's a little weird. And then she turns out to be his kid, kind of. Like, she's, like, the brain overwrite of his kid yeah she took samples of his dna to make the kid or something like that kid doesn't look blazian at all first of all <laughs> second um if you're gonna introduce this that should be at the fucking beginning like that should be his motivation to go from being ai genocidaire to like oh i'm on their side now is oh shit my kid is one of them right yeah as it stands he doesn't really have a good motivation to suddenly save this kid except oh maybe she knows where his wife is it's pretty yeah. weak tea yeah by the end of it i don't believe you don't believe that he's fallen in love with this kid enough yeah to like completely or they, yeah that he sides, actually cares right? about this kid yeah i don't know what the turning like, point it's is like, when he did actually... that happen? yeah yeah that motivation i think is more important than having the twist that it's his kid yeah right? absolutely yes. they should, absolutely I should have, have had it up gladly given up on that twist and not had that and introduce that earlier so that you can actually incite him to have this motivation to care about this kid <laughs> You know what yeah, I but mean? It's also like this fake motivation for him, right? It's very cheap for you to say like, oh, also DNA wise or whatever, brainwave wise, this oh, is your kid. It's cheap. It's and not it's, yeah, elegantly it's so done. Lazy. I'm just configuring with the tools that yes. we're given yeah, in this movie. Yeah, yeah. The one line that really bugged me also is like Ken Watanabe throws it out. And it, no thought is given afterwards. He says something about it's a coding error, and that's why the nuke was sent on L.A. Who cares? It just happened, and that's what sparked this war between AI and humans, or the West. It's putting the thumb even more on the scale of humans are evil and AI is good. Right? Yeah, I guess. Because otherwise you do have, oh, well, AI nuked humanity, right? But the whole point is that it's not Terminator, right? And people think it is. That's true. That's not actually what happened. So I think it is important that they drop that. I agree it's like clunky. Inelegantly done. Yeah, it's very clunky. But I think it is important that they do that so that you don't think that there's any possible motivation for the West to do this besides its own evil. And also they never bring it up again. I feel like that's kind of important. (laughs) Yeah, it should be exculpatory, right? Yeah. Like it should be a conspiracy theory. Like, oh, people always say that the AI didn't really do it and like the West made it up for its own reasons. And then some people are like, oh, no, that's bullshit. You're buying propaganda. Why do you hate the troops? Whatever. So, you know what I mean? Like, uh, Yeah, another movie would be about getting this actual information out to people. You know what right. I mean? Like, it's not that. It's just, oh, we need to destroy Nomad. That's the goal. The end-all, be-all of this movie. And in terms of what's special about Alfie, it's kind of lame. It's meh. Yeah. Yeah. It's not really special. Back to what Jeff, you were saying. Like, it's just a circumstance of a plot device, right? Like, something to mm. move the plot along, something that they can use later to defeat Nomad, but honestly, it's just so lazy and just not inventive. And it's just really uh, another thing that I think hurts this movie. 
And the power is not done that coolly, unfortunately. And it could be really cool. In a universe where there's a lot of robots running around, what does it mean if you have a kid whose power is to turn robots off, right? Yeah. Like she's walking death to her own people, potentially. And why do they want to kill her? America wants to just straight up Oh, why not like use her or whatever? Use her, right? Or try to like study her to figure out how she's doing this so that they can use it as a weapon. Like that just seems more American to me than just like straight up killing. They decided that she was too dangerous too dangerous to leave alive or or that they couldn't which i don't know whatever i guess i don't know we can poke holes in the plot and everything all night long yeah (laughs) yeah i mean that's kind of what i was doing as i was watching it was just poking holes as i watched and i was like this is because everything's so boring that that's all you gotta do do, right (laughs) yeah it leaves you too much time to think about how bad it is right yes like if it was good you would ignore the little plot and problems what really wrinkles me like wrinkles my brain is like how good this movie looks and how boring the action set pieces are yes there isn't a single action set piece where i'm like wow look at that that's so fucking cool there's no wows there's a couple cool things yeah i was gonna say there's a couple cool things that i want to talk about i like the little bombs that attach themselves to your back yes that blows up the little helicopter in the beginning and it also blows up the general Um, it's the same gag twice but i laughed both times (laughs) it's great both times it's great when like her own troops being trigger happy are the reason that she dies because Alfie yeah. is trying to turn it off and save her life. Her troops are so trigger-happy, they scare Alfie away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bob turns yeah, back she on gets she blown dies, up. right? Yeah, I like that. I also do like the way he kind of shot the suicide bomber Oh, yeah, robot. the suicide robots are great. Suicide bomber robots are so funny. The I love The perfect them. dystopian little invention. It's like, it has been an honor to serve with you, ma'am. And then it just runs out <laughs> and blows yeah. it up. It's insane. It's so good. The suicide robot is so cool. I thought that was a pretty cool conceit. I like the way he shoots it. Like, it's just really close up on it, and it's frantic, and they can't do anything to stop this thing. I like that it bows to yeah, Alfie, yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> really cool. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit. The whole movie should have just been full of cool little moments like that, and we got them way Disparately. too yeah. infrequently. Yeah, like the terrorist monkey. Yeah, the terrorist <laughs> monkey is so fucking funny. <laughs> I love that shit. I was like, where is this for the rest of the movie? Yeah, like that was super cool. Some other world building that I liked, even though it was just an anecdote, is that, you know, some AI robots open an orphanage for human kids. Yeah. And it was so heartbroken that the human kids died that it basically committed suicide by turning itself off. I thought that was fucking awesome. Like, that was really good world building and garnering empathy and sympathy for the AI and the robots. But then it's used as a way to, like, describe why Gemma Chan couldn't live with herself. That's why she's... Uh, I feel like that was the A to her B, like, her story. She couldn't take it, and that's why she's in this coma now. No, she was hit by a bomb. She was, but, like... I don't think she's in a coma. (laughs) But, like, the robot talks about the pain of losing her child. Mm. It's supposed to equate her love as a human for her lost child to, like, this AI's love of this lost child that stuff does not work for me. i did Again, get up and go to the bathroom i might have missed that a little bit <laughs> oh something cool that you mentioned earlier jeff that i wanted to highlight because it is super cool and they don't do anything with it is the digital necromancy when someone dies yeah. you can like yeah. scan their brain and upload their brain into a robot and you can get like the last 30 seconds of their life or something and you can interrogate the dead a techno D spell speak with the dead yeah speak with the dead i was just it's gonna really say cool that's a super cool conceit that yeah they don't do very much with the one scene with it was so cool because they resurrect and they have like 30 seconds to talk to the guy yeah but the guy's like so preoccupied with talking to his wife 
one last time that he doesn't even give him that much information. I thought that it's was fucking awesome. great. That, that was, was so really cool. great. That was like really you could great. have a whole movie about that technology, which would be more interesting than half the stuff in this one. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. they don't do anything with that. There's a lot of ideas in this movie that they just don't follow through with. I thought it was really cool right at the beginning of this movie when they're exploring the remnants of LA and then they find that robot. And it turns on for 30 seconds and it's like Caring about the people yeah, like, in the car. Are they okay? And yeah, it like, yeah. begs the question, like, does AI really care? Like, do they have feelings? Is it fake? Is it just programming? And then, no, they never explore that stuff. Like you said, Jeff, it's so surface level, but there's just so many great ideas that they just don't push further. At this point, just rip off the second renaissance and do like a boots on the ground version of that and go micro on that, you know? Like, I don't really care about that. If you do that well... I'll forgive that you ripped off The Matrix. I don't care. <laughs> you're ripping off a lot of Vietnam War movies. Yeah, you're already ripping off a bunch of shit. So One good cool scene, actually, is at the end, I liked the space shuttle sequence. I thought it was insane when he vents the air for the shuttle and all those people yeah, are yeah, flying yeah. out into space. Dude, that was insane. I thought that was really cool. Speaking of the ending, I thought they were going to pull their punches and have all of them reunite or some shit. Oh, yeah. I thought so, too. I yeah. would have hated this movie they if they did that. They didn't do that. <laughs> they kill John David Washington and the kid escapes the exploding Death Star and is able to go down to Earth and reunite yeah. with a new Asian AI rebellion or whatever. There's no reason to bring his wife back at all, though. They should have just left that yeah. out. That was silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The AI research lab in the Nomad is really creepy. But there was no reason to resurrect her and give him, like, a last five minutes with her or whatever. Like, that's stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if you're going to do that, if you're going to bring her back, have her be an actual character. And have them, yeah. like, discuss, like, the betrayal of, like, you were a secret agent the entire time. And yeah. do something with it. Don't just bring her back so she can, like, hug him while the space station blows up. Yeah. Yeah. Let's remember that her last memory of him is that he betrayed her, right? And her people. There's no moment in time where... We would have learned that she somehow forgave him. I don't know. There's no time for that to happen, right? It would yeah. have been more of a gut punch if he just never got to see her again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's more effective. But isn't that more effective for us believing in his relationship with this little girl than, I mean, he dies, but like he gets what he wants, right? Versus, I think it would have been more powerful if he didn't get what he wants, but yeah, he exactly. still did this because it's in the memory of his wife, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was, it was useless. It should have come out. Question, though. When the government said that they saw a copy of his wife alive, what was it? Did they just straight up lie to him? That's a lie, right? It has to be a lie. They don't prove it. They just said, oh, okay. yeah, no, yeah she's a human. Lie. And she's alive, for sure. Yeah, okay. That's I was say. like, okay, that's cool. I do like that, then. If they just straight up lie to him to get him to do the mission, that's cool. I like that. I mean, this is a world with human-like robots. I would be like, uh, prove it. You know? Like, come <laughs> yeah. on, man. Make her take her hat off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also, they really bent over backwards to get Robot Gemma Chan in the final scene of the movie, like the final destruction of Nomad. Yeah, there's no reason there's for no it. There's no reason for it. How did Alfie even find the Robot Gemma Chan to put in the memory chip? How did you even know that was there? They don't explain that. It seems like she wanders into the lab, and then there's a copy of her mother, essentially, in the lab. Randomly? Randomly. Why? It is what it seems like. Yeah. I mean, you have to assume the U.S. government's doing something sinister with those copies of her mom presumably. Right? They're yeah. definitely doing something evil up there. Who knows what it is? Which I kind of did like that they're just like, oh yeah, they're just up to evil shit. Who knows? Like, <laughs> like I kind of like that. Yeah, lying to John David Washington to take the mission. <laughs> That's yeah, what they're I like that. doing with the robot bodies. I mean, clearly only two people in the world have donated their face to this cause. Because <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, yeah. there's yeah, yeah, two yeah. Gemma Chans on a train at the same time, and then she's also up in the space station. One, why do you even need people to donate their face? Like, it's AI. Create yeah, a face. Create a new face, yeah. <laughs> it is very convenient that 
you know, she's up there. Another thing you could have a whole movie about, donating your face to, like, AI and yeah. do nothing with it. Yeah. I said a lot of cool ideas in this movie, but just go nowhere with them. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to bring up? Anything else? Yeah. The U.S. war in Vietnam and Southeast Asia more generally was, like, incredibly fucked up and super mm-hmm. evil. Um, if you guys have heard of the Phoenix Program, that's something to definitely just Google that and read about, like, the torture and rape and murder and shit that the uh, U.S. was doing over there. Insanely fucked up shit. It's cool that, hey, let's have a movie that's about how evil America was in Southeast Asia. Like, that's cool. But you kind of got to go all the way with it, and they sort of didn't. It is hard to create anything, big budget movies. As much as we didn't love this, going with the themes of the last couple weeks, sticking with our writers, much praise to Edwards and Whites for writing this movie. They didn't do a good job, but it's good that they're trying something that's not just like a bland IP, right? Yes. And the writer's strike has ended, right? It's just SAG after that's still going now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Congrats to the writers for getting what they wanted there. They basically got everything they wanted. Yeah. Really good for them. All right. Well, Jeff, where can people find more of your writing? You can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com, and you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at strangeharbors. What about you guys? You can find me looking up the Phoenix program, guys. Check that one out. It's really fucked up. How about you, Derek? Uh, You can find me at the World's Okay's Photos on Instagram. But if you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our show is to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Google, or any of the other popular apps. If you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, please do us a favor and give us a great rating. It really helps to get our voices out to more people. Yeah, if any of your questions, comments, suggestions on our episode on The Creator, feel free to shoot us an email at jeff at strangeharbors.com. We like getting listener mail. Sometimes we read it out on the pod. And with that, we will see you guys next week. See you next week, everybody. See you guys then.